0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shay from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. Today is a very special show in which we are going to prepare for the session zero of my Rime of the Frostmaiden game. This is going to be an exciting show today. Uh, this show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support Sly Flourish, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash and signing up. Uh, patrons get access to a bunch of exclusive stuff, but mostly they are able to help keep shows like this going, pay for the equipment and bandwidth and all the other expenses that I have for keeping uh, all the Sly Flourish stuff alive. If you are a patron of Sly Flourish, Thank you very much for backing the show. So yes, we are going to talk about Rime of the Frostmaiden. Uh, This is the first episode of I don't know how many episodes. We're going to go dive deep into uh, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden, the currently latest D&D hardback adventure. I am running it for two groups. I'm running it for my Wednesday group and my Sunday group. My Wednesday group is actually about three weeks ahead. So I've already done a session zero with them. We've actually had a couple of sessions. So I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of up to speed on what's going on and what's gonna happen, which is really good. It'll help, it'll help with the show, it'll help you guys because I have experiences with it now that I can share. At the same time, preparing for a brand new group to go through it. So to start us off with, let's talk about what a session zero generally is about. I think it's very handy to kind of go back to the basics on a session zero. So actually, uh, the Tasha's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. We'll start with my book, because it's my book. Uh, chapter 17 on page 52 of Return of, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master uh, talks all about running a session zero. And we have a few things that we want to do when we, when we run a session zero. You, you can find a whole thing. We'll, we'll, go, we'll skip right down to the checklist. So you want to use the session to help get your players on board building their characters together around the theme of the campaign uh the real value of a session zero is that everybody's on the same page about what campaign you're going to run what kind of characters are going to be the most fun in that campaign uh kind of making sure that the boundaries of the campaign are are well established and well set sort of getting the players excited about the campaign that they're running uh, and making sure that they're sort of swimming in the soup of the campaign that you've got so we help players build characters relevant to the campaign and steer the campaign towards the backgrounds and the motivations of the characters, right? Big back and forth there. Um, we describe the general themes of the campaign. You'll see how we do this for Rhyme of the Frostmaiden uh, with an idea of six truths. What are the what are the bullet item things that make this campaign different than all of the other campaigns that, that people have played? Um, manage the expectations. Make sure everybody's on the same page about what kind of content they can expect, what they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with. We're going to talk all about safety tools. Um, Figure out how to tie the characters together to a single faction, right? I really like the idea of group patrons. They are something that you can find in both Eberron. We did it for Eberron, but you can also now see it in Tasha's. So we're going to talk about doing that for Rhyme of the Frostbain as well. Uh, and guide, guide, making sure that you're giving the players a clear guide towards the types of characters that are going to work well together uh, for this campaign. Uh, and then run a little quick scenario, right? A little something to just get people warmed up and, and ready to go. So that th- this, this is all described in detail uh, in chapter 17 of return of running Session Zero of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. So uh, I recommend taking a look. There's also other YouTube videos where you can, uh, we, we can talk about, you can see us talk about it. And I have a bunch of Session Zero videos for a bunch of campaigns that I run. Let's take a look at what Tasha's has to say on the topic. Um, so we're going to go to d Beyond and we're going to load up sources, source books, Tasha's, Tasha's Cauldron. Because for the first time, I think Wizards has specifically described running a Session Zero. So uh, I don't know what page it's on because I'm looking at D&D Beyond. Um, so, you know, a lot of the same thing, you know, character and party creation. People come together. Uh, they, they build their characters together. We've talked about that. Uh, party formation, they have o- origin stories, like what brought them together. Um, they have a little thing here about running it for one player. And then they have their thing about social contract and they talk about hard and soft limits here too. We'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about um, safety tools for our Rhyme of the Frostmaiden session zero um and what other uh how to customize the game what house rules you run and then they go right into sidekick so a lot of the same stuff um it starts uh, he's not your problem says it starts on page 139 so if you get tasha's page 139 that's where you can read about what wizards of the coast has to say about session zeros i think mine's better but whatever of course i would uh so session zeros are i think are are critical when you're running a good campaign they're a fun thing to do they're an enjoyable time they're very relaxed uh, I love doing them, so we're going to do them today. And I, I've I've warned my players ahead of time that we're going to do it. They know we're going to do it. They know what the what the steps are, what we're going to do, and uh, we're going to go through it. So uh, I have already set up a Rhyme of the Frost Maiden campaign notebook, uh, and I will uh, copy this link and I will share it with our fine friends on Twitch. And uh, you will. You can find the link to this campaign notebook in the show notes below uh, with all the links to all of these various things. So I have a whole session zero uh, uh, part of this here and it's got a bunch of different things in it. So here's my checklist that I plan to go through today. I, I Again, I've gone through it with my other groups. So I'm pretty sure that it works well. This is built around Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to give out the campaign one pager and we're going to talk about it. And you'll see the one pager. We'll, 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 we'll go over it with you guys too. Uh, we're going to have them choose a group patron. The group patrons are listed on the one page handout so we can decide which one of four different people are sort of the, the central p- people that are p- tying everybody together. The players will build the characters. A lot of interaction, a lot of talk. You know, ideally building connections between characters. That would be great. But mostly like we don't want all fighters or all we're all Goliath barbarians, right? You know, you, you mix it up a little bit. Um, everybody will pick a trinket. Uh, we have a list of trinkets. I think this goes to the, the, yeah, this is the Icewind Dale trinket page. Uh, everybody can kind of get a fun trinket. that will be cool. Uh, choosing an optional Icewind Dale background. So if they want to pick a background, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share this list with them that if they pick one of these backgrounds, it will, uh, tie into Rime of the Frostmaiden a little bit better. So I'll probably hand this page out so people can read it. Uh, then choosing character secrets, uh, here's one that I figured out. I'm not a fan of the secrets that are in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, I think that in some cases they are too particular. So one thing is if you want to run the secrets that are in rhyme, give them the secrets before they build their characters, right? Give them the secrets before they build their characters and then they might build their character around the secret. That might actually be a good thing to do anyway. So we might put secrets up front. Uh, before we get to character building, a character because they can inform how the character is built. That's something I didn't do with my Wednesday group, and I, I, I probably would have been better off doing that. So let's take a look at the secrets. Um, I have a bunch of tricks for the secrets too. So I came up with twenty instead of the what I forget how many are actually in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden*, but there aren't twenty. And mine are uh, higher level. They're they're not they're higher they're 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 less specific. So that they can fit with different races if you want different races or ancestries you you don't have to be like oh it only works if you're a human um so i have a list of these 20 secrets again you can see it in the campaign notebook if you want to read through them yourself i'm not going to read through them all here uh things like you're secretly raised by yetis uh you're an outcast for having uh documented for uh, having documented a forbidden text that's yeah uh, put a in there Uh, it could be dark magic or a tell-all book uh, you escaped. You 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 are an escaped and hunted prisoner, right? So these are all secrets that we can that they can choose from. The key to doing secrets is you do not show the players the list of secrets. You don't want them knowing what the other secrets are. You only want them knowing their secret. And um, what you do is for each person, you say you you roll a die. And then you give them a secret and you say they have veto privileges. So they can say, I don't like that secret. It's weird. Or I don't, it's not, that's not really what I want to do. And you say, okay, roll again. And you roll again, but you only give them their secrets. They don't know what the other secrets are. They only know like either the one that they chose or ones that they've passed on, but they won't know the whole list. And that way they don't know what the secrets of the other players are. If they all saw the secret list, then, you know, if they went through and read them all, they're going to know, oh, I wonder who of us was raised by Yetis, right? Maybe it was one of us, right? And they might be right because there's five or six of you. So I think we're going to do secrets before character creation, um, and I think like if you, um, I think if you uh, use the secrets that are in Rhyme of the Frostman, you definitely want to give them before they built their character. But even my new list of secrets, where I, I a lot of them are based on the secrets that are in Rhyme, I just extended them a little bit and I made them a little less specific so that they could fit different. You know, they didn't dominate like your whole character. So then the players will build the characters, then they pick a secret, then they can choose an optional background. And then we have our first adventure. So uh, somewhere in here, uh, we're going to talk about, it really should be a separate item, uh, is uh, lines, veils, and... Um, uh, what's the key phrase? Oh my God, I can't, mem- can't remember. Uh, let's pause for a second. So we're going to talk about Lion's Veils and let's pause for a second. This is the, um, these are the safety tools, right? And they are listed on the one pager, uh, but they, it it, it is worth extra time to talk about because in my opinion, Rime of the Frostmaiden is a pretty harsh adventure with a lot of questionable material. And we want to make sure that our players are on board with the themes and concepts that are in this adventure before we throw it in front of them and uh so we'll, we'll talk about that when i when i show the actual secret um uh so that is really the checklist that those are all the things we're going to do today that is probably a good solid three hours like character creation is going to be a big piece of that but it's a relaxed session so it's it's pretty straightforward so now we'll talk about the uh the one page guide uh this is and i will paste this if you want your own copy you can get it in the um, notion chat and it will be linked down below uh, this is the one-page guide that I put together for the players. Uh, so it descri- I try to get people into the theme. Night has fallen upon Icewind Dale. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But, you know, it talks about the fact that the endless night has come. I'm making a few changes to the campaign because I, I, I think I like the theme better uh, the way I'm doing it. And I'll, I'll get into that. But the sun hasn't risen for two years. It's been two years of night in Icewind Dale. Uh, the people of Ten Towns have been conducting sacrifices to Oral the Frostmaiden. Uh, you know, the sacrifices have been different. But but the people of Ten Towns have been engaged in this. Um, the two-year night has, co- has cut off the frozen north from the rest of the Sword Coast. This is a modification I'm making. Uh, I'm saying that basically, within the first few months that the nights came, the f- ice and the glaciers have taken over the passes, and now no one is no one is getting from the Sword Coast to Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale is cut off, right? And that's changing it because I think people are still able to travel in the adventure itself. But I think it's a lot more interesting when the isolation. If isolation is a main theme of this adventure, then having them cut off from the outside is important. No one's going to come and save you. Uh, Ancient and powerful secrets lie under the ice. That's a big theme. Shadowy figures lurk in the mountains hammering upon strange black metal. Right. So those are the five themes of this adventure. Those those are the secrets of Icewind Dale, the truths of Icewind Dale, uh, the truths of the Frostmaiden, really. Um, They probably could be a little bit better yeah, uh, I, you know, I could certainly change the, the the thing. Like the 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 you know, I would say like the the thing about the sacrifices is that they are being driven by the cult of oral. That's some that's another change I'm going to make. We'll talk about that. So, the heroes we have is a big theme. And that that to me is like the major if we look at like how you want to build your characters around the campaign. The drive of this campaign is not to solve the endless night. That may happen, but that's not the goal. The goal is that the characters are brought together to help the people of Ten Towns survive the Endless Night. That's their goal, right? And they are people from here. They are trapped here like everyone else is trapped here, and no one else is coming. So the heroes are here to help the people of Ten Towns, their people, survive the Endless Night. Um, You can see that when I talk about it, your character and your world. But that's the concept of the heroes we have. That you know, cut off from the outside world, the people of Ten Towns rely on themselves. Thus, you, right? You are part of the people of Ten Towns who are who must rely on themselves in order to, to prepare, uh, in order to survive the endless night. No heroes are coming from the Sword Coast to save the people of Ten Towns. Only you can save yourselves. Um, so another thing is like the adventure as written lets you start in any of the Ten Towns. There's lots of arguments to be made about which of the Ten Towns to start in. Uh, my friends Teos Abadia and Sean Merwin have theirs. Uh, other people have theirs. Reddit has theirs. There's lots of different people who have preferred towns. I am going with the default for the adventure. If you read, if you read the adventure itself, um, in Ten Towns it says, uh, you know, where do you want to start? And I'm trying to remember where it is exactly. Uh, I guess it's not here. It's probably in the uh, running the adventure section, adventure flow, which is pretty useless, avalanches, who cares, overland travel, mountainous travel, pronunciations, character creation, we got that, character secrets, where's the towns, where's the, there's a, uh, trying to find it, um, running this chapter. Let's start at the beginning. Starting town. So choose one of the 10 towns uh, as the starting point of the adventure. It doesn't matter which one. So pick your favorite. That bugs me because it's like, doesn't matter. There's 10 of them. Like help me out. But then it does say, if you can't decide or don't want to leave it to chance, choose Brinchander. Shander. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose Brinchander, And that's what I did. And I've done it for my other group. And that works fine. Now I know Bryn Shander. I'm happy with it. It's a fine place to start. So I'm beginning the campaign in, in, in Shander and in ten towns, and I say that it's, here's the whole town, and here are uh, the Black Iron Blade Smithy, uh, House of the Morning Lord, and the Northlook Inn and Tavern are really the main locations. So there's, you know, there's a few different, you know, a few different places. There actually is another, uh, um, a couple of other locations that will sort of come out uh, over over time as they explore. Um, as they explore, He's Not Your Problem says, uh, my party is not too happy about the sacrifices they make. T- um, Uh, they make to the outside uh, sure to be outside of any towns when the new moon arrives. Yeah, they don't like the fact, right. I think it's really harsh that the towns are just sacrificing. They're either sacrificing heat or food or people. Uh, I actually think there's other things they can sacrifice, like good mead could sacrifice mead. Uh, But one of the things I kind of am playing with, and I got this from the Castlevania TV show, the second season or third season of Castlevania TV show. I think it was the third season, which is like the Cult of Oral has a grip on... Uh, ten Towns. That's something that should be sort of in the truth. So if I have a chance to change this, I might change it up. Which is that the sacrifices are being conducted by the Cult of Oral in Ten Towns. That all of the towns have members of the Cult of Oral in there. And that the Cult of Oral has swayed the people to conduct these sacrifices. And what makes that interesting is like we the, the characters might be like, I hate the Cult of Oral and I want to go and kill them. It's like, yeah, but they've got the people on their side. They've managed to convince the people that that sacrifices to oral are required for their survival and the that the the speakers of 10 towns don't like it but they can't fight it right and that makes an interesting political uh, uh imbalance so um uh, yeah there should be more of a written there's so many shoulds in this adventure but we're going to we we have what we have but that's what i'm doing is i've got the cult of oral is going to be a major player uh and we there's a lot of fun and their headquarters is the um there's another ruined dwarven tower in the center of Bryn shander that i think will have sunken and hidden chambers that go into the underdark right in the middle of Bryn shander uh i think it'll be really cool so um i forget what the name of the tower is it's actually in um storm king's thunder if we go to let's see let's go to Bryn shander uh, Storm King's Thunder, that's Rhyme the Frostman, Rhyme the Frostman, Storm King's Thunder. So uh, Storm King's Thunder actually has a lot of other information about Bryn Shander than Rhyme does. So you can actually use the two together. Um, and uh, where did it go? Bryn Shander, Karen Road calling. So, um, let's see chapter two for more information on this. So Bryn Shander, there's a location in Bryn Shander. Yeah, so this one has a lot of other locations. If you look at this map, uh, the map has a lot of other uh, locations to Bryn Shander. So if you want more about Bryn Shander, Storm King Thunder turns out to have quite a bit. So if you happen to have that adventure, it's a good place to look it up. And they have a place called the House of the Triad, which is a dwarven temple built of stone by the dwarves of, Kel- the dwarves of Kelvin's Karn. Uh, and I'm I'm putting it that no longer the triad is no longer in there. Um but they are now it is it was sort of a ruin over the past few years and the cult of oral has taken it over and there are secret tunnels and secret chambers beneath it where they're conducting other kinds of nasty things so i think that that could be a lot of fun and it's another cool it's like a it's like an adventure location in the middle of the city of Bryn shander i think that that is going to be fun so we're going to do that uh going back so we have beginning we're going to begin in Bryn shander then we have a section on the characters in your world we're starting at level one Players' Handbook, Xanathar's Guide, and Tasha's are all allowed. Uh, and uh, from a race, from a, from an origin perspective, Players' Handbook races they can choose uh, are all the Players' Handbook races plus Goliath and Firbolg. I don't want a bunch of weird stuff. So oh, can I play a Kenku? Maybe if you really need it, but like I don't want to open it up and like, hey, we've got three Githyanki and we've got you know Aarakocra. Just stick to the Players' Handbook and Goliath and Firbolg. So we'll see. But I don't want. To, I didn't want to open up the races to a ton of stuff. Um, and we're allowing that you can customize your origin feature in Tasha's, uh, attributes. I don't know if I mentioned in here, I should, uh, attributes will be, uh, either point by or, um, uh, the standard array. That's what I always do. I should put that in here. I barely have room. Um, but I don't need it. Cause like, you know, my group is going to do it that way anyway, but if you wanted to, it would, it would not hurt to be point by or standard array in here, but I'll mention it. Triton's everywhere. No, I don't need Triton's. Your group patron, so I so, I wanted to use a group patron. I like the idea of a group patron, and I wanted to offer four, and they have sort of different alignments. So the four are uh, Valin Harpel, who is a member of the Arcane Brotherhood, came here to discover what's going on underneath the ice. Uh, wants to build up a good reputation with the people of Ten Towns to help her because she knows that another ally of the uh, of the Arcane Brotherhood tried and failed, and she knows that the Arcane Brotherhood are not well liked here in Icewind Dale. Um, she is probably of the l- true neutral, I would say, not quite evil, not tr- fully lawful, but probably true neutral. Sheriff Markham Southwell is definitely your lawful good. He is the sheriff of Bryn Shander. He works directly for, um, the speaker and he really wants this town. Uh, he wants, he wants to help Bryn Shander, but he also wants to help 10 towns. And while he's got his own guard that are helping to keep track of Bryn Shander, he wants to uh, bring the characters on board as a, as sort of you know, sheriffs of Bryn Shander, or deputies of Bryn Shander, that can go around to all of the other towns and operate there under as an as an ally of Bryn Shander. Uh, Hiln Trollbane, so he's of the lawful good. Hiln Trollbane is probably your, your, um, probably chaotic good or probably chaotic good or, or yeah, I, would, I think probably chaotic good. Uh, he's a retired shield uh, dwarf bounty hunter, uh, came to Icewind Dale uh, escaping a dark past and now has taken upon herself to bring justice. So she feels like the speakers are not like the speakers are letting the cult of oral run rampant over this place. People are getting killed. People are dying. The place is getting, but we, it's up to us to save it. And I want to work with you guys to help do it. So she has a Hillen is very much of a uh, neutral good, probably what's well, all help the town. And then we have Danica Graysteel. Uh, Danica is a scholar who has come here. She's sort of a Druid scholar and she's really interested in, the ecology of uh, what's going on in Icewind Dale, right? She's very curious about magic has changed here. Something has changed here. And I want to know, like, I'm very curious about the endless night. And I'm really curious about what has been changing. You know, lots of things are going on and these people need help and they will, they, you know, we want to be able to help them. So hers, her motivation is a little harder on the, why do you want to help everybody? But mostly it's because helping people helps understand what's going on here. So it's a little bit like Valaine Harple. She's she's also probably of the chaotic good array, right, of chaotic good alignment. So I'm offering up all four, and all I ask is that the players choose one of them, and they can vote together, you know, try not to hang on to any one of them too tightly in case the rest of the group goes against it, but generally speaking, and we'll, we'll kind of put up a poll. I think I have a poll tool I might I might put in, um, and people can vote for which one they want. Um... And then we come to safety tools. And safety tools are, in my opinion, more important for this adventure. They're probably pretty important for... They're they're important overall. You know, you should always be... You should always have them... You should always consider them, Um, I think. But this adventure in particular has a lot of themes that can be disturbing to people. And uh, so I have lines and veils. I'm, I'm using lines and veils. And then I have my own kind of version of the X card, which is pause for a second. And the, the so I say clearly here's what we're not going to have. Uh, we're not, it's not going to have physical violence towards children, unwanted sexual contact, animal abuse or cruelty, uh, party initiated torture, inter party violence or inter party betrayal. Right? Those are out. Um, veils, cannibalism, uh, cannibalism, mental assault, ritual sacrifice, kidnapping, consensual sex, enemy initiated torture or parasitic invasion are veiled off screen. That those things may be in here and you might learn about them. It's not going to be right in front of you. Uh, and then, uh, so those are kind of the lines and veils that I'm setting, but these, are, these aren't these are set in stone. So any other content that the players want to bring up and say, I'd also not like to have this, or, or I want to take one of the veils and move them to a line, we can do that. That's part of the discussion. These are not set in stone. Um, and then mention that the, the game is a PG-13. You know, we're going to run it like PG-13. It's really kind of maybe, you know, yeah, it's PG-13, but boy, I think it could get to R pretty quick. So maybe, I'm not sure that that's actually, actually accurate. I think it's more like R because it's based on like the thing, right? And The thing is R. Adventure features themes of darkness, extreme cold, murder, isolation, and paranoia. It's 80s PG-13. Yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking that it's more, it's probably a little bit more R-rated because you got ghouls eating people and stuff. Um so uh, those are the safety tools. So those are a couple things I need to change in the safety tools, I think, or in this whole page, right? One is I want to change the Frozen Truths of Dale. The other one is I want to I play with the safety tools a little bit and change them up. And you can always change this guide as you go, right? And just tell people how you're changing it. Um, will the NPCs not chosen as patrons still exist in Bryn Yes, they will. So the other ones like Verlaine Harpel will be there no matter what. Sheriff Markham will be there no matter what. It's just not their their core patron. It's not and really the, the, the core patron only matters for like the first few sessions and then they meet enough people that the, pe- the players will decide who they want to interact with, right? So it's really just the start where you kind of choose who your starting patron is. Um, it doesn't matter that much that, that that's been my experience. So that is the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden guide. Again, uh, I'll link it in case you guys want your own. You have that, uh, and it's in the show notes below. So now, what other things do we want to talk about? Um, so, what's the first adventure? Uh, the first adventure, I think, did I cover everything else? We talked about character secrets. We talked about um, optional backgrounds. Uh, I think, and we talked about the lines of veil. So, I think we've covered all those topics. So then, the starter adventure. So, my starter adventure is going to be. And why don't we? Um, let's create a session, right? Let's do let's do a session note, like we're actually doing some prep. What do you think? Centrate, generate session planning template. Click on it. I don't know who the characters are, so I can't I can't figure out characters yet. That's one of the things I'm going to do. So re- there's no reviewing the characters because there isn't one yet. Strong start. Uh, the characters heading. The characters are heading to their group patron. Uh, to the troll. Uh, what's it called? What's the name of the 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 uh, North Look, Right, North. Uh, heading to the Northlook Inn. I think I already have a. Uh, page for that. Characters are heading to the Northlook to meet with their group patron when they notice ghouls eating a corpse. Hence the rated R right off the bat. Um, scenes ghouls, uh, Northlook. Choose your next adventure so i would really love the uh for us to be able to get through all of this in the first session i can probably run it in under an hour um so we'll see where we where we go uh so yeah the scenario is they're walking through Bryn shander uh it's cold everybody's bundled up they're heading to the north look Inn to meet with their group patron they're all together they look and they see a couple of figures that aren't wearing any clothes or aren't wearing a lot of clothes that are sitting and chewing on something they go over and they see that it is in fact, ghouls who are eating a person. Uh, the ghouls, they then fight the ghouls and attack uh, probably one ghoul at four characters and two ghouls at five or six characters. That's uh, about right. Ghouls are CR1. Are they that high? Uh, a ghoul is a pretty good challenge at level one. So you don't want a lot of ghouls, that's for sure. Uh, they're paralyzing touch. Uh, they are CR1, mostly because of the paralysis. Uh, but they can only make one attack around. They do seven damage, which isn't going to kill a level one character. Two hits will drop a level one character, but they can paralyze. So uh, and they have 22 hit points, but AC 12. So they're, you know, they say it's a CR one. They're really about a CR half. They're actually a little weak for their CR. They actually make good level one villains. So, uh, ghoul, hey, look, it's a ghoul eating an arm. So, um, sorry, mom. Uh, uh, level two. So they, they find a corpse. Uh, they, the corpse is uh, lying on the ground. Uh, the corpse wasn't killed. So now we get our secrets and clues, right? And we're starting off. So so what's that for? This is about the cold-hearted killer quest. We're, we're starting off the cold-hearted killer quest right away. We want to get that in front. And uh, the corpse wasn't killed by the ghouls. It has a, uh, a slashed throat and an icy... Dagger tip lodged in its chest. Uh, so something else killed this person, not the ghouls. The ghouls just happened to be eating it afterwards. Uh, the victim and, um, uh, I, I made a, um, Let me check and see if I've got an NPC already for for the person that was killed. Because it's kind of important to, you know. uh, Let's see. We want to have small. uh, Oh, I can't see anything. Oh, no. What did I do? Cancel. So I don't think I have an NPC card. My NPC card sizes are too big uh, for the person who got killed. Um so I think we will. So the idea is the the person that was killed, let's just do a random one. Um I'll we'll do a random NPC. Uh guys, uh elitist neutral good human. Um So um uh was uh was guys a uh noble of uh this the a, a noble son, right? Um a noble son uh who uh let's see, it's been oh so another secret include it's been one day, right? Or maybe two days. It's been two days since the last new moon. Uh, And who was sacrificed? We wanna have a person who's sacrificed. Um, Lowell Bormos, right? We'll have a Bormos. Um, And let's give him an interesting name. Sly, flourish, name, generator. Uh, I need a cool last name. Bormos Shadow Blood, that's a little too much. Thorn Touch, Blue Boot, Thormos Gentle Whisker, that works. Bormos Gentle Whisker uh, was chosen as the sacrifice. Uh, his body still is tied to the dead tree outside of Bryn Shander, frozen in place. Uh metal Um Guys uh father paid off uh brother Um X, I don't know what his name is. Uh Guy Guys's father paid off brother X to uh change the um uh to take his uh to take his son's tile out of the lottery. Right? So, um, paid off a brother of the cult of Oral. Well, I always like to call them the children. The children of Oral. Because they don't call themselves a cult. They call themselves the children. We're the children of Oral. We're here to help. Um, guys, his father paid off a brother of the children of oral to take the son's tile out of the lottery. Uh, and then they were killed anyway. Um, so those are the secrets. Are there any other, any other secrets, uh, that have come here? So, uh, I, I think a, a related secret is, uh, let's go back to our Maiden. Let's see, I need to go here and then I go down to my linky and I click Frostmate and D&D Beyond. So, uh, the cold hearted killer uh, is part of Torgs, right? Uh, what is, uh, Torgs, a mer- merchant company called Torgs, I'm, uh, a roving merchant company. Um, Did I not, wow, I didn't name this thing yet. I should name it, right? So this is uh, 14. There's our notes. Uh... Torx Merchant Company had come through in the past couple of days. and now made their way to goodmead that's important because it turns out that the cold-hearted killer is actually part of torg's merchant company and so they can follow the murders by following the merchant company i don't know how that's going to play out but that's sort of a clue uh what other um are there any other secrets Uh, Some people have seen strange, uh, small creatures, glowing creatures, lurking around 10 towns. Um, Others report seeing boot prints forming by themselves in the snow uh other secrets I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Uh I guess sneeze. I bet sneezes look really weird uh when you don't hear it. it looks like someone's exploding. Um We don't need a lot of secrets for today because it's going to be like an hour long show. So I think, or an hour long game. So I think that that's probably enough secrets for the timing. It's seven secrets. We can come back. But really what we want to have, so we want to talk about, oh, um, so they don't choose their next adventure. Uh, Instead, um, their next adventure is going to be, What's it called? Um, foaming mugs. That's really their their beginning their beginning adventure. So we don't need quest choices this time. Uh, we'll talk about them um, today, but we're not really going to worry about that. So, foaming mugs is the next is the next quest. Uh, fantastic locations. We have the Northlook Inn. Uh, I don't know if I have it yet. What was the name of the uh, the House of the Triad? Right? Um, so we're going to create a new page in our Frostmaiden Database. Where, where did it go? What happened? Frostmaiden Campaign Database. All right. Uh, so House of the Triad is going to be another notable location. Um, I don't think we have any other uh so the uh black iron blades, right? Is one and what was the other location that I put in the guide? Um uh in my session zero, uh in the guide, we had the Northlook Inn, the House of the Morning Lord is the other is another location. Um in case they want a temple. Uh, There is also the town hall. Uh, Let's take a look in the council hall. Um, No, so where does uh, the town speaker live in Bryn Shander? The sheriff, right? There's a lot of good stuff about Bryn Shander. Uh, The Speaker's Palace. Um, uh, So that is a uh, a potential location that they may go to. And really what we want to do is we're going to link to uh, SKT Bryn Shander locations. And we're going to link to that. uh... I guess we'll just link to there because it's close enough. So now I can link to that and I can get the stuff from Storm King's Thunder, which has a fair bit more. Uh, So NPCs, I'm not really sure. Um... So, some of the NPCs are going to be, I guess, a couple that are important um, are uh, uh, guys. Uh, we need another surname for guys. Um, guys Thorn Touch. He's probably, you know, it's, it's from a dirt beard wise board. Guys Grey Lion of the Grey Lion family. Um, uh, Adult son killed with icy blades. We have Father Lake. Uh, Father Lake is the head of the Cult of Oral. Uh, We have whoever the, uh, we have Duvesa. Uh, we have sheriff, they're going to kind of come into play no matter what. Um, but I think that that's probably it. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. Let me look at my old notes. Cause I, I wrote it in my old notes. Uh, this is the notes that I had for my, um, Wednesday game. So I guess they've had four sessions for the Wednesday game already. Uh, so we will go to, uh, I guess this one. No, I'll go to the next one because I think I had more names in here that mattered. Um, no, I'm trying to remember where they uh, learned the names of. Um, so Brother Styles. So Brother Styles is a uh, you know a, a one of the members of the speakers may come up later, but who is the brother that was killed? Um, I guess we'll just make up a name. Um, I thought I had one from my other session and it'd be handy if I did, but I I can't find it. So, um, brother, who was the, the false, um, find the name. Um, Brother Lowell, Brother Elliot. we will go with Brother Elliot. Ah, Lowell's cool. Uh, False uh, follower of Oral took money to pull out tiles from the lottery and uh, gets killed. Uh, And of course, we have our uh, main villain so far, which is uh, Sephek. Monsters, ghouls—that's easy. Treasure, none. Nephew, you, none. You're only, only, goddamned level one. Quit being so greedy. Um, I take that back though. The the tip of the ice dagger might have a fun spell on it. What's a good cold spell? Um. Uh, I need a fun, like, first-level cold spell. Uh, not a cantrip. You want something more powerful than a chill touch? Chill touch a cantrip, isn't it? Ice knife. Oh, ice knife, of course. Can cast once and then shatters. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so they do get a piece of treasure. Uh, all right. And then I'll have to edit my scratch pad to, uh, suit the new characters whenever we build those. So that is a strong set of notes. Again, one hour game. It's going to be, it's going to be real easy. Um, with the noble son. Yeah. I think like they, they probably will recognize him. Like they'll probably know. Oh yeah. That's so-and-so the noble son. Right? Like, I don't think, I, I don't think that'll be hard because like they're from here. Right. Um, oh, would that be like a treasure? Uh, probably he probably has like, um, you know, he probably has a bag of 17 GP on him. And we'll see. It, it's always a fun. like are the characters gonna rip him off or not? So, yeah, so those are my notes. Um, so one thing I want to talk about is the, and we'll we'll talk about it in future episodes as well, but I thought I might as well, uh, talk about some of it here, which is how am I going to break the quest down? So uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden essentially says, hey, start in whatever town you, you know, start in whatever town you want. And there's 10 of them and they all have a quest. So choose any of those quests. Oh, but a bunch of those will get you killed at level one. So, or level two even. So, the, the, you know, what I've tried to do is say like, I, I really like the way quests are broken out in Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. So I went through and said, I'm going to group the quests up into into chunks that match uh the way dragon of Ice peak works and we'll take a look at how i did that uh so i have a section here called quest outline and what i did is uh so the starting quests are right off the bat you can pick up cold hearted killer and you may be able to pick up nature spirits i don't know if i'm going to do that for that it depends on who the patron is um, but they can pick up those side quests right away. And that's like, hey, you found a dead body. There's a murder mystery. Let's find out who did the murder. But then you also say, yeah, but we want to help these dwarves with foaming mugs, right? So uh, the starting quests, these are I, I, what I consider tier zero, right? Are you pick up Cold Heart Killer as a longstanding mystery. Uh, and then you get foaming mugs and you go do foaming mugs. Uh, and, and you might pick up Nature Spirits as another side quest. But you potentially have these one major quest and then a couple side quests. Uh, Foaming Mugs is a good quest for first-ish to second-ish level characters, depending on how you run it. Uh, We'll talk more about that next week uh, when I I run it. Um, Then I took the next set of quests and I picked Lake Monster, Hold Up, and Mead Must Flow. Uh, there and 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 the idea is that all three quests will be available to the characters when the characters meet with their patron again the patron will say hey which one of these we, we we've got some jobs that you could you know that you could help in here are the three jobs pick which one you want and the players say we want that one so then they go and they do that job they come back to say hey, we saw these other two jobs they say we'll do that one and they go okay and then they go and they do the two jobs they get the third level after they complete the the second of those three jobs third job goes out the window uh, then they come back and they have three new quests, White Moose, Mountain Climb, or A Beautiful mind. right? Three new hooks for those sets of quests. They do two of those, and then the third one goes away, and that opens up tier three. They do not level up after that set. They don't level up till the next set. Tier three, Black Swords Unseen, Toil and Trouble slash Town Hall Capers are the next three. Um, so now at this point, they will have done four, four que- five quests, right? Because they will have done one, two, three... Uh, four, five. Um, So this is seven, right? It will have done seven quests total. So they reach fourth level after completing seven of the 11 to 12-ish quests. The side quests don't count. They're really good quests and they should get leveling after them, but probably not. So, you know, because what you don't want is you don't want to burning out all these quests too quickly. So I, I like the idea that they will do essentially one quest, probably a side quest, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And after they've done seven quests, they're fourth level. And then it opens up chapter two. And we'll talk all about chapter two as we go. So my idea is essentially taking all the quests that are strewn about this whole book and breaking them into three quest tiers. And then the players choose which of the quests they want to accomplish. They do two of them. The third one goes away and then the next tier opens up. And I think you can run essentially all of chapter one and two that way with recognition that there's also these side quests these major quest arcs that sit on top of them. Cold Hearted Killer is a quest arc. Nature Spirits is a quest arc. But then, certainly, when you get into chapter two, you have the Sunblight and the Sunblight and Destruction's Light side quest, which is a big one. And then you have Oral's Abode, Caves of Hunger, and the Doom of Yethin, which are the major big pieces of the final part of the book. So, I'm not sure, I'm not going to worry too much about how to integrate those until we get to chapter two, which is going to be months from now. So I'm not too worried about how to figure that out. This how to integrate the Sunblight slash Destruction's Light Quests and then Oral's Abode, Caves of Hunger, and Doom of Yethin. I don't know how I'm gonna wire those in. And we'll see as the game goes, right? But I know they're there. I know that you know they're gonna come up. Um, so uh, I'm definitely going to bring those up. But mostly I'm gonna start worrying about those once they get to Uh, chapter two. Then I'll start paying more attention to it. In the meantime, I've got these quest tiers, which generally speaking, looks like it's going to be one to two sessions per quest. So say three sessions for two quests. So that's um, basically two sessions here, um, five sessions, uh, eight sessions, uh, 11 sessions. So that's like three months out, right? So I got three months before I got to worry about getting to chapter two. That's at least my plan now. Uh, you know, plans change. We'll see how things go. Uh, but that's but that's where I'm going to go. So that's how I'm breaking out the quest outlines uh, in this um, in this adventure. I like this structure better. I need I need more structure than it gives me. It's it it's too much to say here are eleven quests. Just run them as is. And many of the quests are really long and hard. Um, some of these are not perfect. Like uh, hold up, I ran hold up for my Wednesday group and um it's too hard like they were second level and two winter wolves right so you change them to dire wolves and everything's okay there's a bunch of things you can change and hold up someday i'll talk about changing to hold up by the way if you want to if you want advice on these quests and i haven't given it yet or you want advice besides i highly recommend bob world builders series on this uh if you go to youtube and we go to bob world builder um Bob Worldbuilder has a whole bunch of videos. He's a great guy. Uh, so he's done ten guides: uh, Good Me, Dugan's Hole, Seer, Koenigseer, Dineval. He's got a whole series. I wonder if these are all on a playlist. He probably put them in a playlist. Uh, I don't see them. Yeah, he's got a whole rhyme, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden playlist, right? So if you are looking, and his videos are nice and short, and he's got the dulcet tones, he's got some ASMR going, so you'll feel all relaxed after you watch him. Uh, so if you want to watch those, I highly recommend them. I'm probably going to, I'm going to paste those into mine too, because they, he's my go-to. I go and I watch his videos before I start running it. And that gives me ideas about what I need to watch out for. It doesn't mean I follow his advice all the time, but it definitely gives me good, uh, a good view. So check out Bob Wilder, World Builder's videos. Um, what else? So let's, let's just take a look at my notebook overall here. So I got a lot of, I guess one question is like, well, what about the fronts? Who are the fronts? So my, my first front, the Cult of Oral is definitely going to be a, a big front. And I've already got a, so Sefa Caltero actually is a, he's an avatar. He's sort of a, you know, directly connected to Oral. And he's the one cleaning up when the Cult of Oral doesn't do things right. So like if somebody managed to escape the lottery, he goes and murders him anyway, and then murders the guy who helped him escape. So he's a true child of Oral. Uh brother Styles is a, a crazy dude who loves around. He's he is he speaks for sephic He knows sephic So he's like you remember I don't know if you saw I did an article on Sly Flourish about um worldwide wrestling, you know, about professional wrestling and d and how you can get a lot of boss stuff from your pro wrestling stuff. One of them is like having villains who have sidekicks who are constantly talking about how awesome they are. Brother Styles is the caller of Oral and the caller of Sephic. And he's going to go around being like, you know, he with the cold eyes sees through you, right? And he just says creepy stuff. But he's always, and like people get clues and they'll learn about villains through the mouth of Brother Styles. Uh, Father Lake is the head of the um, cult of Oral in Bryn Shander, probably the head of the cult of Oral all around. Uh, we have uh, Herna Blackiron from black iron blades uh we have the arcane brotherhood we have valish gant these are all the villains i kind of put them all in here uh ravison the Frostruid is an interesting one she's the one going around awakening all the awakening all of the um animals in the area and i'm trying to figure out like how to make that kind of a cool thing uh we have danica graysteel sheriff markham speaker duvessa shane uh Z- zardarok sunblade is of course a, a villain oral uh is a villain Hiln trollbane is a uh uh one of the potential patrons um, and then I have other members of the Arcane Brotherhood, Nas Ladimir velaine Harpal, Dazan, and Avaris are all members of the... You kind of want to wire them in because the whole, like, the Arcane Brotherhood of the Gunslingers of Icewind Dale, I really want to use that. Um, So I think that that could be uh, a lot of fun. So those are kind of all the NPCs I have right now. I've, I've I, You can see that I've already been working on this. Uh, hey, look, I don't need this. Uh, I don't need to... Uh I don't need my own descriptor. Um, what else? So got the quest sign line. session zero is gonna be fine. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's all I think we're all set. Uh, so that is our that's our prep for session zero. Next week we will talk about um how the session zero went. We'll learn about our characters like I don't know who the characters are, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, then we will prepare for our first major quest. I do feel I can I can say like, do I feel ready? Yeah, I feel ready because I because I uh, already ran this rather group and it went really well. um I can say already that even though there are definitely parts of *Rime of the Frost Maiden* that I'm not happy about, like the quest, the way the quests are broken out, the idea like here's a 12 quest, you figure it out. Um, it took some work to like put those into groups, but not a lot. And now that I have it in the groups, I feel pretty confident about where the adventure is going to go. So like. I feel like I've got the next three months set. Like I'm good, right? And it won't be hard for me to prep because I got the material. Uh, it's got room for me to kind of add my own stuff like the Cultivaral, which I think will be a lot of fun. I have a whole other thing with a, if they go to, I don't know, my other group went to uh, Dugan's Hole and there's like these weird ancient standing stones to some creature called Thrune, which I created as an elder evil that there's actually a frozen elder evil out there. All kinds of fun things you can sort of add into the campaign uh, as you go, which is really how this goes, right? Take Take the campaign, use it as a framework, wrangle it into one that fits the way you want to run it and add the things that you want to add. And and you'll see me doing that over the next, probably the rest of this year. So I hope you're enjoying these shows because you're going to see a year of them. Um, so I think we're all set. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I hope you found this useful. I hope kind of digging into what a session zero looks like and hearing about my plans for Rhyme of the Frost Raiden. I hope that was fun. Um, thank you all for coming on Twitch. Thank you all for watching on YouTube and listening to the podcast. And uh, we will be on again next week and learn all about our characters and start our campaign. So thank you all. Have a great week and get out there and play some D&D.